You need to know what the weather's going to do. Should I wear a hat? Should I wear, uh, how many pairs of pants should I wear? Any pants. We're going to go to an older source for this how-to. It's an 1883 book by a guy named H.H.C. Dunwoody. It was commissioned by the U.S. War Department. An NPR intern named Lauren knows this book. So, Lauren, what were some of the things they were using to predict the weather? Animals, plants, and then um, lots of cat proverbs. You said cats. Cats. According to the book, it's almost universally believed that good weather may be expected when the cat washes herself but bad when she licks her coat against the grain or sits with her tail to the fire. That's one example. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what are some other ways we can, uh, we can use, a, use a cat? Other ways <laughs> you can pay attention to your cat. Uh, when cats sneeze, it is a sign of rain. All right. And also, when cats are snoring, as the proverb goes, foul weather follows. This is so crazy because this document was commissioned by the U.S. War Department. So I'm just imagining that like generals... Throughout every theater of war are, are getting cats. You can imagine the war room scenario where they're, they're laying out the models, of, you know, the tiny models of their troops on the battlefield, and <laughs> then they're like, well, what's the cat doing? Little did we know how much responsibility these animals had. Do you, uh, are, you, are you a cat person? Do you have a cat? I am actually more of a dog person. Okay. Yeah. I don't have a cat, so... So you uh, never know what the weather is. I, I am constantly dressing incorrectly. Well, this is fun. Thanks so much for, for helping us out. Yeah, sure. No problem. The thing to do, I think, is to test this out with with an expert. An expert cat lady. Paula Poundstone uh, has 16 cats, uh, which is a, a statistically significant sample of cats. So, Paula, let's just get uh, your bona fides straight. You are, I mean, we can call you a cat lady, right? Well, people like to say so. I don't really share that view. Um, I also have two German Shepherd mixed dogs. Okay. If I only had 16 cats, sure, I'd be a crazy cat lady. <laughs> but once you have two German Shepherd mixed dogs as well, um, you're an animal lover. Do you, are you, uh, can you see any of your cats from where you are right now? No, but I can casually step into the other room. Well, let's, uh, let's have you do that and All see right. uh, if they're doing any of these behaviors, see if we can maybe predict the weather. All right. That's, I can tell you that right now, it is um, mild here okay. in Santa Monica. Okay, my huge cat Matilda is lumbering across the room, and she bathes a lot, but okay. she's so fat that she can't really reach her whole body, so she just bathes the same section a lot of times. <laughs> so she has one patch of fur that's very clean, um, which seems to indicate nice weather. Yeah. Okay. Is the right? rest of her... And then the rest of her is filthy. Yeah. It's greasy. Which means there's like a tsunami coming if you use just her. Um but see, my cat Clue was named after Inspector Clouseau, although she's nothing like him. Um, she's uh, she's rolling on her back. Okay. She's normally not allowed in the living room during the day, by the way, by the other cats. There's something they don't like about her. I don't know what it is, but they don't normally let her come out. You know, you don't normally see her till nighttime. Um, so that could mean hail. Okay. Let's see, Theo and Belle are asleep in a chair. Now they're face down. They're not laying on their backs anymore. I don't think there's any good weather there. Um, and then, uh, let's see, my cat Shamwow, uh, who's the only long-haired cat that I have, is just laying under the pinball game the way she always is. And by the way, 
my dog Sirius and our neighbor's dog Jack are standing at the door looking in pathetically, <laughs> which, yeah, could mean rain. So, Paula, that seven seven cats. There's still nine unaccounted for. Yeah, I hear a ball rolling in the other room. <laughs> you know, the other thing is we're assuming that they're telling about the weather right here. Right. It, you know, it may be like the Weather Channel people um, that they're telling about the weather. You know, all different regions. The country. I have in the front room of my house. I have a, a what we call the map rug. It's a it's a big rug that has a map of the United States on it. And uh, just the other day, they had thrown up right off the coast of New Jersey. Oh. And uh, I just was like, you know, have those people not been through enough? Yeah. Um, again, I don't know if that's any kind of predicting behavior, but Lord knows New Jersey has suffered coming and going in the last couple of years. Oh, wait, I see another cat. Ah, uh, there it is. There's the map. Oh, my cat Wednesday, who hates me, is... Uh, <laughs> sitting in a rocking chair uh, on the map rug. Um, I can tell you that, uh, you know, she's ran away. She ran right across Florida. There is tufts of fur on Iowa and Wisconsin. Okay. It's white fur, so I don't know if that yeah. means snow. Uh, there's also up on Alaska, which is in a box. You know, it's not. Right. Uh, so my kids have no idea where Alaska actually is. <laughs> there's a tuft of fur up on Alaska Okay. as well. Um there appears to be some schmutz down in Central California, uh, which I don't know if you've been to Central California, yeah. but that's pretty telling. Well, thank you for your time, Paula, and uh, best of luck predicting the weather with all your cats. All right, guys. Uh, you know, if anything happens on the map rug with a cat over Illinois, I'll call you. Ryan Vins is a lifelong Buffalo Sabres hockey fan. He played hockey as a kid. He tried to make his college team as a goalie, but didn't make the cut. He ended up getting a job as a video scout for the Sabres, and now he works in the same building where they play. So, so last Friday, he stuck around a little late in the office. Uh, he was planning on going to the game. It was around 5.45, and one of the guys from upstairs came down and asked me... Uh, I had my equipment with me, and I did because we had been skating a couple times here. Um, when there's free ice time, we the the employees like to use it. So when he came down and asked you if you had your equipment, he wasn't just asking if you wanted to go play around on the ice. He was asking if you wanted to suit up for the game. Yeah. As you can imagine, that's why I was in shock. So what was actually happening that day was the Sabres had just traded away their goalie. And it was getting late in the day. They didn't have time to bring up a minor leaguer. And the NHL says you can't play the game if you don't have a backup on your bench. They needed somebody, and Ryan was that somebody. He had all his goalie gear there. So, Ryan, they, they took you to the locker room. You put on your gear. Um, and, and then what happened? There was a Sabres jersey hung up in the stall. and They had already put out all my equipment when I was in the other room signing the contract and then getting changed into my undergear. So... That was uh, an experience in and of itself, just seeing a Sabres jersey in a stall. Definitely hadn't seen that one before. Was your name on the jersey? It was, yeah. When, wow. I, went, when I went back to get my undergear, the, one of the equipment guys was already there on the heat press uh, 
doing the nameplate, making sure he's spelling my name correctly. So that was that was also just crazy. And then the other equipment guy led me in and introduced me. I was just kind of thrown right into the middle, which was uh, it was cool. What what kind of reaction did you get from from uh, I guess your teammates? <laughs> uh, they all cheered and clapped and stuff. Uh, a bunch of the guys came up and introduced themselves as if I didn't know who they were. Yeah. Um, so it was it was awesome. So during the course of the game, did they ever? Did the coach ever look your way? <laughs> I think uh, I was still in such uh, shock and awe that uh, I was. I don't even know if I was really paying attention to his face. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't tell you if he even looked at me. And I knew the I knew the equipment guys and stuff. So they they helped calm me because I was just talking with them. Yeah. And uh, and I mean the rest of the time. You know, it sounds stupid, but my job was to open the door when guys came off to change, so I was really focused on my job at the time. <laughs> it, it occurs to me, uh, you there aren't a lot of goalies who can say they were never scored on in their entire career in the NHL. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorite parts of the night was uh, when Ryan Miller came in the locker room after and, and said something like that to me. That was really cool. Um Having a goalie that I've looked up to for I don't know how many years now come say something about that. That was that was awesome. So, uh, what's your sense? Uh, any chance that you'll you'll get to suit up again? <laughs> All I know is I'm keeping my equipment at work forever now. <laughs> we got an email from Daniel. Uh, Daniel says he listens to How to Do Everything while fixing the computers for the lottery system in Brazil. Daniel, these next 15 seconds are for you. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad. This seems like a very powerful job. A job where um, if you were a little bit corrupt, you could do pretty well. Is that what he means? He's fixing the computers for the lottery? Where you fix a boxing match. Was that a confession we just got? We would like just a million would uh, would go a long way with, with us. I would say $1,000 for every second of music we play. Let's just do that again. Uh, Daniel, these next 39 hours are for you. A different city every night. Oh, I, I swear the world better. That does it for today's show. What we learned today, Mike? I learned that at any moment, uh, at any time, anywhere, you could be called up to the big leagues. I brought my hockey gear I today and a baseball bat. Yeah, I noticed. Uh, I, I have... Uh, I have my high Sesta. I noticed. It is amazing. It has everything you need for like a great movie, right? He's the guys working in the office, and they come in and they say, hey, we need you to play. What is the equivalent for us in this building? Who could, who could come in and, and need us? It's All Things Considered from NPR News. I'm Audie Cornish. And I'm Mike Danforth. And I'm Ian. The situation in Crimea has gotten, it's crazy. Russia. How to Do Everything is produced by Stephen Tobias with technical direction from Lorna White. Our interns this week are Paula's 16 cats. Matilda, Clue, Theo, Bell, Oreo, Brittle. Shamwow, Harrison, Luigi, Tonks, Wednesday, Severus, Hardy. Mrs. Fezziwig, Rutherford. Jim. And Seth Kelly. Good job, Seth. 
Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. Our website is howtodoeverything.org. Looks like rain, Seth. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. And don't drive like my brother. Don't drive like his brother. (laughs) And don't drive like my brother. And don't drive like my brother. (laughs) 